A question that I have been asking myself since June is, how should I be using social media right now? I don't know about you all, but after the very apparent shift in the tone and use of social media platforms, specifically Instagram from my perspective, after the Black Lives Matter movement took over for about two weeks, it just did not feel right to return to normal, whatever that is, to use social media the same way I had been, only posting pics of myself or of what was happening in my life. After the flood of black squares and hashtags and images of protests from influencers and my peers, social media never felt the same for me. For most of the month of June, I didn't post anything because I was so overwhelmed with what was going on, but also because I just didn't think it was the time to be posting selfies. Ever since, I've tried balancing, in air quotes, informational graphics and educational videos with sunset pics and selfies in an effort to use my very small platform for good. I know that we are all just trying to figure this out together, at least I know that I am, so I invited a friend of mine to have a convo with me about social media in the age of Black Lives Matter and other crises. The world is full of so many incredible stories just waiting to be heard. This podcast is a personal public journal of lessons learned and untold tales. I'm Mandile. Welcome to And Other Things. so much for listening to yet another episode of and other things i am so excited to be joined by my dear friend dan from college hi dan hi thanks so much for being here do you want to introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself sure so i'm dan i just graduated from goucher um, with an art and philosophy degree nice and what are your hobbies where are you from Um, I'm from Maryland, not too far away from school, and I'm an artist, and I have two cats. Oh my gosh, you have two cats? Mm -hmm. What are your cats' names? Um, (laughs) Do you want to know their their whole names? Yes, I do. Okay, so we have Arius, Kittius, Meowximus. Okay. Cats being Kittius, Meowximus. Wait, are they both Kittius, Maximus? Is that like... Yes, yeah, so Aries is the third and Caspian is the first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did you come up with those names? Uh, they just kind of... Just came to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you're an artist. What's your medium? Um, well, I draw, but I'm working now with uh, new new things. So I'm working with wine and linen and... Wine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been painting oh my wine. It's been really cool. That's really cool. Oh my gosh. Are those your drawings behind you? Yeah, so that one has got some charcoal and wine. wine Oh, I love those. Those are so cool. Okay, so before we hop into the episode, um, I'm going to try something new, which I haven't done with other guests, just to, you know, lighten the mood and get you relaxed to talk about our topic and so I don't know if you've heard of the best self co Mm -mm. okay I think that I don't know how I would describe them kind of like a thoughtful thoughtfulness platform almost and they sell um, these boxes of cards that help you engage in conversation with different people to build relationships and they also sell journals and things like that um, but I recently bought their icebreaker box so it comes with um, let me see one two 
three, four, five, five different types of card questions. So there's a would you rather, a random, a life experience and a deep question. So I'm going to ask you one of each. You can refuse to answer. Just say pass if you don't want to answer. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. So would you rather always have gas <laughs> or always have bad breath? gas I think what I would rather be in pain than have other people be in pain (laughs) (laughs) but but if you always have gas that means wherever you go people are gonna smell it I guess that's true Uh, doesn't that yeah no I'm gonna stick because then you could just (laughs) you could carry a fan (laughs) what about you i was going to say bad breath because if i just don't talk for the rest of my life (laughs) no one will know yeah i guess that's true no i'm gonna gonna you're gonna stick with gas okay (laughs) good to know okay random question you're at a cafe what kind of drink do you order black coffee black coffee mm-hmm. really I was just thinking to, my roommate was drinking black coffee I think this morning and I was just thinking to myself I don't know how people do it because it's so bitter it's like so black coffee is in no milk and no sugar mm-hmm. okay interesting I would go for a matcha I really like matcha I actually had a sip of that before I came um life what's your love language oof Words of affirmation is like a pretty, yeah, that's yeah. the one that I'm always coming back to. Yeah, I think mine too. And then also um, physical touch. Okay, yeah. My I other think is, that's my second. Yeah. Oh, really? No, well, my other's time spent. Oh, oh, wait, is that quality time, I think? Yeah, quality time. Yeah, I think that would also be my second. Um, okay, and then experience question. What opportunity for love or money have you given up? Do you regret it? That's a tough, tough one. It is a tough one. I can't think of anything. Okay. Um, I would say... This, yeah, this was very tough. I was interested to hear what you would say, but I would say um, for money, just this is kind of silly because it's not really an opportunity, but I have the option to work two jobs, but don't because I prioritize spending time with myself and having time to do other things, and I don't regret it. Nice. And then deep question when was the last time you cried and why I cry a lot actually (laughs) I think I cried watching a tv show yesterday what tv show I think I was watching the umbrella academy oh I've seen that what is that about oh it's so good it's about this like superhero family but it's not marvel or you know the other one so it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really good i would definitely recommend okay i saw um was it like a a chimpanzee is on the cover Is, is the family are they chimps no but the they have like a the fam the father's friend is like a talking chimp who's old and has like a suit and stuff he's the best character okay sounds interesting okay i'll look into it um okay that was pretty good i think for the first time and yeah now we can kind of jump into the topic of the day um we'll kind of see how the conversation evolves but i brought you on to talk about intentional social media use slash the uses of social media and I reached out to you because because I noticed that um you know at the height of the protests and everything that was happening in June with Black Lives Matter that you were kind of really vocal about how we should be or at least how you thought that people should be using social media 
during that time. Um, can you kind of speak about that and speak about what you think the ways are social media should be used in times of crisis and crisis, I guess, being the protests or, you know, what was happening in Yemen and then um, Lebanon recently. And it just seems like there's so much. But yeah, can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, so actually, at first, I was really, really unsure. Um, so I just kind of stepped back and I was very firm in that I was like, this is, you know, purely performative. Like, I don't know how to engage in a way that is appropriate. Um, but then I do, do you remember when the black squares all started coming up? And there was yeah. this one day where we had just gotten our kittens actually, and they were up really early in the morning. So I was up with them and I was on social media from the beginning of the day till the end. And I saw like the social media feed slowly go black. Um, and I was like, it was so strange to see all the information just disappear. And then to hear certain voices being like, do not do this, like do not participate in this, you, we need like information. <clears throat> and so that's when it was pretty clear that like, I don't know what to do, but people are telling me what to do. So I'm just going Who's, to sorry to interrupt you, whose voices were saying not to participate in the black squares? So I don't remember specific names, which is, I probably should, um, but there were- Were they like activists? I think so. One okay. woman, she was abroad um, and she had family and friends here. And she, I don't know her name, but she was like all the information I had about what was going on, like my friend's safety was just gone. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so I still didn't know exactly what was the right thing to do, but I knew or, or I thought that sharing resources like donation links, phone numbers, mutual aid information like that was helpful because it was getting like direct lines to help for people. Stuff mm -hmm. that I wasn't sure sure about was like Twitter posts, um, like pretty images, like art and stuff like that. Why weren't you sure about like the pretty images? Because what I guess to me those are more eye-catching mm -hmm. or do you mean like pretty images without any information or pretty images with like with the information available on them pretty images without information I think okay like something that's just a hashtag so like just the black square with the hashtag or just like like hands like this yeah, of different yeah. skin color <laughs> yeah 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 and I think after a while even the and see, this is where I don't know because I'm not the artist and I'm not the person making it, but I witnessed a lot of white people from Goucher posting. Goucher is the university that we went to, by the way. Yeah. Um, posting like rest in peace with the, like an artistic version of like George Floyd's face or Breonna Taylor's face and then not sharing any resources and I know that picture yeah. like the floral one yeah yeah and I, I it, it turned from this like really beautiful like honoring thing to just uh here I am not being racist on social media mm -hmm. do you think that the fact that because you specifically pointed out white people do you think that the fact that the people who are sharing those images and then not sharing resources, the fact that they were white, I guess influenced how you reacted to that or how that made you feel versus if it was, for example, me and I shared that and then didn't share any resources. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I honestly do think that the reaction is different because I don't think it's my place to like say what the reaction of any black person should have been mm -hmm. or should be. Um, but I do feel a responsibility for myself. And then from that experience can like have an opinion of what other white people around me should be doing, whether or not that's the correct, you know, like I, I'm not always very good at staying humble in that, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess um, I, I want to be real with you and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think you were maybe one of the most, at least the people that I follow, one of the most 
blunt in calling out um, white people who weren't doing what you perceived was the right thing to be doing in this time. And um, I guess I'm just wondering if you think, I mean, I don't remember your post specifically, um, but I'm just wondering if you think that was a form of call-out culture and if you think that that is effective and why, I guess you did say that you feel like you have a responsibility, but do you feel like you were able to affect change just by... um, you know, posting on your stories instead of, I don't know if you confronted anyone directly, but um, yeah, can you speak to that a bit? Yeah, Um, I did speak to a couple people directly um, and really tried to be more patient with them. It was very difficult. I had to get sisters, you know. Um, That's a really good question. I probably, no, I don't think that any of that was probably very effective um, looking back. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Okay. Do you think that it was, I guess, just a way for you to... I guess you you felt like you were doing what needed to be done, right? Like you, Or at least you thought that, you know, sharing resources was the better way to be using social media. Mm-hmm. And then I guess seeing people who weren't doing what you were doing kind of made you feel like you shouldn't be the only white person engaging in this conversation? I think it was more, I don't remember, do you remember any specific like posts? I want to say the one that sticks to, sticks out to me is you saying um, like we don't want to see your selfies <laughs> basically <laughs> like white people we don't want to see your selfies right now. I think hmm. and there's no like right or wrong answer I just want to understand yeah no I'm trying to think critically um and I'm trying to remember like who I was thinking of (laughs) um I think because of the type of people that were posting the selfies at that time Mm. there was already sort of like a lack of receptivity to even be posting selfies in the first place Mm. um so that lack of receptivity then blocked any receptivity that would come from like me saying something um like for example one girl who was posting pictures of herself at the time was also doing a lot of public fundraising and also posted the black box with the hashtag um early in the morning and so I messaged her and I was like hey like this is actually blocking information some people are asking that we take them down so it's not in the way and she was like thanks but no thanks like I'm gonna do what I want to do oh my gosh (laughs) I never took it down even though at the end of the day all over the internet said please take this like everybody knew there wasn't a person that didn't know not to remove the black box and Okay, I actually didn't know that because I thought what it was was not to use hashtag Black Lives Matter when you posted the black box and and instead using Blackout Tuesday. So were were people not supposed to post the black box? So I think what happened was they said change the hashtag, but then even if you change the hashtag, the post still remained. Oh. Unless you deleted the whole post. Okay. If you had put the hashtag originally, it was still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That is a tricky situation. And so I guess what's interesting to me is it sounds like you felt, did did you know these people personally? Like were the, these people your friends who you they're were? People that I had met before, yeah. Okay, but they're not your close friends. No. Okay, and so what prompted you to reach out if, I guess I wouldn't reach out if someone if I saw someone doing something wrong and I didn't know them and it didn't well I guess it depends what it is but if I didn't know them I wouldn't reach out because I feel like like you said there's like there's already this lack of openness to receiving information from anyone else like the girl who just said I'm going to do what I want to do and then 
the fact that you're not a close friend kind of exacerbates that. So I'm I'm wondering what prompted you to reach out to them because that's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I I hate confrontation. I was really nervous nervous reaching out to this person um, and to a couple other people but I was like if I know this information and I know that it's like doing harm Mm. this being up why wouldn't I just you know let them know or like send them a post that is explaining why this is sort of counterintuitive okay that's interesting and Another thing that I want to talk about with you um, is this idea of clicktivism and slacktivism, which is um, actions that are taken online or via the internet to support a cause, but are seen as taking very little effort. And um, it seems like you can correct me if I'm wrong again, but to you, in the case of Black Lives Matter and the protests recently, clicktivism was something that you thought had impact or you thought was important. Whereas usually, at least from what I learned in my classes, clicktivism was negative because it was almost like, you know how you said in the beginning, like this is very performative. And obviously not for everyone that isn't the case. You know, people are posting because they care and then behind the scenes they're doing other work. But do you, how effective do you think it is? And obviously you're not an expert. I'm not an expert, but I just want to hear your personal opinion and why, why you felt compelled to share that information as opposed to just staying off social media and just doing work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, okay. So I, I feel like social media is so small in terms of like getting anything real done but because I that same day like with the the black boxes I was like whoa news travels so fast on social media right now that like you can go in a couple hours from being completely clear to completely black to completely clear again just by the spread of information yeah so if you can spread links to you know petitions or, or donation links or whatever this quickly it just makes the most sense, even though at the end of the day, like if people aren't actually sending the emails or, you know, doing doing the action steps, it's not going to do much. Um, and I also don't really, what's the term clicktivism you said? Clicktivism is, I think it's interchangeable with slacktivism and it's actions taken on the internet or online to support a cause, but are seen as or not but, and are seen as requiring very little effort or involvement. So it's almost, I want to say passive, but it's active in the form that you are putting something out, but passive in that it's there's no follow through action because there's no way to tell if someone is following through on what they're posting on social media, which is, that's the tricky part, especially in movements like Black Lives Matter. Because you can say to people, sign this petition, you know, here's what's happening in the world. But it's ultimately their responsibility to follow through on that and to actually click the link in the bio. Yeah, I think one distinction that was never made was like social media sharing is not activism. Mm -hmm. Like unless you are an activist who has been doing this for a while and like has some sort of train. I don't really know how that works. Like if there's training or whatever, but like... (laughs) I don't know. I and there are so many like downfalls and and like holes that we fall into. I think, especially with like what you're saying, people just not following through. Mm. Um, I don't know. So I think I in my life I'm trying to figure out how to balance the line between like sharing vital information for the right reason, right? And then following through and trusting that other people are gonna follow through. Um, But yeah, that question of like, should you just stay off of social media is an interesting one. What do you think? Yeah, I I also really struggled with this um, for myself even. 
as a black woman and I didn't post the black square because for the same reasons I I had my own reflections to do and my own conversations to have offline and I think what's different is that for people around me who are not black when I saw them posting the black square it felt like okay there's some kind of support for you know my experiences or the experiences of black people in the USA but if it was a black person to me that was it didn't have the same effect and not the not to say that it wasn't as important it just it was more impactful when it was a non-black person than when it was a black person because it's almost like you know they are taking on a part of the the heaviness or the the load that black people have to carry but i also was very wary because it felt like even right now you know everyone's feeds are going back to normal um or have gone back to normal like two weeks after the movement and it's just hard to know if people were sharing information because that's what everyone was doing i guess you can't really know unless you know the person who is posting whatever it is but yeah as a as a white person do you think that there should be more engagement on the non-black side in a movement like this or there should be engagement for example did you post anything about lebanon um no i haven't okay is there a reason why um I've been thinking about this like the actually I can't remember if I shared a petition like I don't think I did okay yeah okay let me go back to my first question before I forget do you think that there should be more engagement assuming that clicktivism slacktivism is effective and assuming that people are following through do you think that there should be more engagement especially with the Black Lives Matter movement from the black side or from the non-black side or should the engagement be the same? Mm. I feel like it's not and maybe this is like feeding into like two PC thing that's going on where it's like it's not my responsibility to like tell black people what to do yeah um but that's where I am, like, at the moment, um, because I don't, because, like, racism, racism is something that whiteness has done, mm-hmm. like, it is white people's responsibility to work to, you know, abolish the whiteness's ego. Okay, so then your answer is there should be more engagement on the non-black side. I Yeah, I do think so, yeah. Okay, and then going back to Lebanon why didn't you post anything about that and I guess I also noticed that there maybe because it's you know we are so far removed from that situation that it seemed like there was less posting about that even though we are still kind of riding this wave of using social media to share information about what's going on in the world since Black Lives Matter happened but I've seen a decline in using social media in that way so in your case why didn't you post anything or if you did why did you post so little I think first I fell into that like it's so far away like there's nothing really that I can do yeah Um, as well as the bystander effect thing of like well there's stuff happening everywhere like somebody else will do it yeah um and also like it's in another country so how much really can you change yeah and the other thing that I've been thinking about is like you okay so like all these other things that are happening everywhere in the world distracting from the the like mutual aid funds here or like things going on with BLM in the states which Mm. I, I don't know if that even is really a valid reason um but it's something that I've been thinking about a little bit Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so I guess the overarching question is, 
actually, I asked people on, I don't know if you saw this, but I asked people on my Instagram if it was self-serving slash inconsiderate to post selfies and or personal content in times of crisis. Crisis, again, being like the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests, um, what's happening in Lebanon, what was happening in Yemen, because that overlapped with Black Lives Matter and then Zimbabwe and now there's a lot happening in the world so basically is it self-serving to post selfies um at the height of a crisis and do you want to guess the percentage of people who said yes and no did most people say no yes (laughs) everyone said no (laughs) that shocked me i was like who am i following (laughs) or who's following me um and I was expecting so many more people to say yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe the question or the answer would have been different at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, whereas it's now, you know, a month and a half after um, all the black squares and everything. Maybe because people are posting selfies, they are defending themselves and want to say, right. no, it's not self-serving. But also... Is it self-serving? What do you think? Is it inconsiderate? Because you did call out people for posting selfies. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, this is so funny. I I read your post and I didn't answer because I was like, if I say no, (laughs) then this is like, I I just don't believe that. But if I say yes, then I'm also confronted with my own, like, you know, at some point there's going to be a selfie somewhere like yeah selfie on my finsta you know like two months down the road if i post a selfie you know people are going to mm. cancel me which yeah. is also <laughs> a terrible th- you know yeah um, i i was having this conversation with a couple people last like a week or two ago and we were we've been talking a lot about those defense mechanisms that come up and also accountability and how I don't know, like, when you say in times of crisis, I feel like whiteness is this ongoing crisis in the States that just, like, mm. it, it arose, everything got really intense at one point, but it's yeah. not any more serious then than it is now. So I think it's disappointing that there's been a decline in sharing resources. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to, to, like, figure out now when personal content should come back. Um, and I feel well, it's like, already come back. <laughs> well, right. So then, right. And, and unfortunately, it's come back without the continued sharing of resources. Yeah. And so I think that, in my personal opinion, is where the downfall is. Like, you can't integrate the stuff into your feed regularly. Like, it's, it's really not that hard unless you're not following people who are doing that. And then it just kind of spirals into mm. selfie land again. <laughs> Oh, I do think it is self-serving to answer that question. Okay, that's a hard yes. I think whether that self-service is necessarily always a bad thing is up for debate. Like, I think that there are good sides, like expressing yourself on the internet. Yeah. Um, But I think to some extent, yes, it is always going to be self-serving. How about inconsiderate? (sighs) I think that's different with each person. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I, I, at least visually, I feel like there's a difference between the person who is consistently sharing resources and and sharing personal content and the person who was sharing a lot of resources before and has stopped and has replaced it with personal content. Okay. I feel like one person is being considerate. Maybe they're not, you know, being as like considerate as they could be, but they're being more considerate than someone else. One thing that going off of what you said about integrating it into your content something that always I guess stumps me when I'm scrolling through social media is when influencers I think I've mostly seen this with influencers they'll post about like oh this terrible thing that's happening in this part of the world like people are dying or people are dying it's not yeah people are dying or you know, children are being trafficked on their story. And then the next, you know, the next slide is like, I just filmed this makeup tutorial, go check it out. And that always, I always want to 
my first instinct is to judge them. I'm not perfect, but obviously, you know, to me, if you have a platform, I think we all have a platform, but if you have such a large platform, then using it wisely is important. But how do you integrate information sharing and clicktivism, whether that's a negative thing or not, into your social media posts? when it looks weird when you're posting a selfie in one slide and then the next slide is like people being trafficked and then the next slide is you on the beach or hashtag grateful yeah (laughs) I don't I don't know like I have really been struggling with like I haven't on my public page posted anything other than resources except for like a couple food posts Mm -hmm. that was also at the time like okay, like, I'm ready for critique on this, sending it out, like, this might be inappropriate, like, I'm open to what anyone has to say. Yeah. But I I just don't know, so I've, like, totally avoided... Doing it at all. Doing it at all, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if that's our move, but I, it's like... Yeah, (laughs) I mean, well, we're all figuring it out, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, But yeah, the follow-up question I asked is... Do you think how we use our personal social media accounts should change going forward? Change being posting more informational content, sharing news, not fake news, of course, and reducing our selfies slash personal content. Do you want to guess the yes or no percentages? Most people will say no again. Most people said yes, but it was very close. It was 54% yes. And 46% no, which (laughs) (laughs) what? Isn't that crazy? That just, I, I wish I had, maybe I'll do this for like a follow-up conversation if you want, but I really want to know why people said no, because to me, the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. because, you know, even if there is no direct change that comes from clicktivism, We've seen, I guess, the power that taking over social media and making space for different voices has in facilitating and encouraging tough conversations, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it forces people to reflect, even if maybe they're not ready to, you know, dive into the conversation. But, you know, having Dan slide into your DMs and say, hey, this is not okay, maybe the person just got defensive and said I'm just going to do what I want to do but in their mind they're thinking wow you know maybe I shouldn't do that so I want to know why people said no (laughs) what do you think yes or no um yes or no to do you think that it should change moving forward Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I do think it should change moving forward. Change from what it was. Before. Yes. Yeah. Change from before BLM. Uh, yeah. Before, yeah, like what, the beginning of May. Yeah, beginning of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do you think so? I think there's so many, like, uh, philosophical reasons coming in, like... I want to hear them. <laughs> like a capitalistic, you become your own CEO of your life and you're just, like, spewing lies about your life to everyone. Mm. Um, and it is, like, a total breaker of community and, and honesty and stuff. Um, As in social media in general? Well, I think my professor once made a distinction between Instagram and Twitter, which I thought was really interesting. Like, Twitter is this awesome, like, direct almost a news source um but instagram you're like crafting a persona mm. but i don't have twitter so uh, i but yeah i think that's interesting i would recommend it it's not don't download it on your phone just go onto the website on your computer <laughs> so that you don't have to read it all the time because is it addictive it's addictive and it's just so intense like okay yeah um but i think if people are responsible, you know, however that looks like, depending on who you are and like who is in your circles, I think Instagram can be good for sharing information as long as people don't get tired, which I think is mm, Yeah, like I think it was called, what was it? It's, it was something burnout. Oh, Wait, yeah. what was it? 
fatigue it was like oh something fatigue I think yeah something like that yeah that is that's a good point um but why do you think people said no like what are some reasons that you imagine that people said no man I I just this is like a perfect opportunity to put people in a box right (laughs) like people want I mean I'm sure some people think it's you know really performative Mm. And I guess it depends on the types of posts they're seeing. Like if yeah. they're seeing posts that are not really doing anything, of course you would think that that's not yeah good. Um, but I also imagine people who just want to be like posting their stuff and don't want to get involved in politics and yeah stuff. But I don't know. I think and also the the idea of social media being an escape. And like you said, for Instagram, it is very curated. And maybe for some people, that's, you know, how they express themselves. Maybe that's where they find community. For some people, it's their jobs, like you said. Um, And for some people, it's where they share their art, you know. So I think the the idea of it being an escape, like I, I watch a lot of YouTube and I've heard people say, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about this real life thing that's happening because I know you want to watch this video to just escape from what's happening in the world. But to what extent do we escape and forget that, you know, there are real things happening in the world? And so I guess it depends what you think Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok are for. You know, like I I don't have t- TikTok, but I can't imagine people are dancing and sharing information (laughs) and like you said Twitter is more intense and it's like a direct news source whereas Instagram it's more performative just fun and then Snapchat is like you know very personal and silly (laughs) so yeah I guess it depends on what you think social media is for and then the question is maybe what you think social media is for should change as well going forward given you know how how much momentum black lives matter picked up because of social media or in large part because of social media um but yeah any thoughts on that yeah arnell started um a book club which was during the height of the protests and it was responding to a lack of social media Um, engagement from the white philosophy majors and the department at Goucher Hmm. Um, because these specific people had so much to say in the classroom and especially like even during the conversations of race like they had a lot to say you know it was great like they were engaged in writing papers and using people as examples and they didn't have anything to say um, when Instagram had turned into this sharing information um, space so now the group has turned into we talk a lot about like the white ego and and killing the white ego and what that looks like and anti-capitalism and things like that do you mind just briefly explaining the white ego so right the way we i'm still like not an expert but yeah breaking down like for example defensiveness like the the first Mm. reaction when you're calling out people for gentrifying a city being defensive (laughs) I I love those posts (laughs) (laughs) I know they're they're great but it it really like brings to the forefront how these people who are like doing the work still have so much more to do because their first reaction is to say here are the things I'm doing and not here are the things that can be better Mm. Um, so that is an example as of like a part of the white ego that needs to get killed um not not you know not the person like (laughs) the reaction (laughs) defensiveness okay Um, so i i'm thinking about like the pressure always somehow like in conversations and in writing the pressure gets put on blackness instead of whiteness and Mm. how the conversation when we put it in the frame of like well why aren't you engaged with blm anymore if the protests have died down, it's like, oh, well, that's over. Instead of like, here's what whiteness has done for 400 years, mm. continues to do, let's work on this because it's an ongoing issue. Um, and still like BLM is this 
you know, rich, powerful movement and not letting whiteness take away from it because it's less spectacular, you know, it's not on the news anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think it's like this tricky thing of staying engaged with BLM, especially when it's like dying down, mm. you know, air, huge air quotes. <laughs> yeah. The internet and in and media and everything and also co- constantly staying engaged with abolishing the white ego abolishing the white ego i like that phrase i've never heard it before but it's very interesting and i'll look into it <laughs> it sounds interesting i i talked earlier about call out culture have you heard of call in culture yes i have um i don't know much about it other than it's a nicer <laughs> it sounds nice <laughs> and it's like asking people to like into an action right instead of just saying like this is what you're doing wrong it's like here's what you can be doing right is that yeah yeah and the idea is also um like call out culture is just reprimanding their actions whereas call in culture is doing so with compassion and mm-hmm. having grace for people and I read this one article um in preparation for this episode um and this one lady who is the African-American professor at African-American studies professor at like a big uni. And she was saying that, you know, we need to have a lot of grace for people as they are learning and as they, I guess for a lot of people, this is the first time or not this is the first time, but back in June. And if they are still doing that work is the first time that they have been called out and that they have been forced to look at their own actions you know a lot of them lived under their parents roofs for a while and then you know they're out into the world where now they're realizing that this way that I've been brought up isn't or for example this way that I've been using social media isn't the way that um, you know it should be used but I think that's I also, you said when you were calling out those people on your stories, you were saying what I was thinking, but I was not going to say it. <laughs> I was not going to say it because, you know, I'm not that brave. Um, but I think the social media and there's a lot of canceling, which you also, you said that like, that's not okay. It's not okay to cancel people because we're, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. But I think social media could use a lot of compassion and calling people into the conversation as opposed to calling them out to the point where they get defensive and refuse to engage in, you know, the tough conversations. Mm. Um, Before we wrap up, um, is there anything else you wanted to add to the conversation about social media and what do you think we should be using social media for right now? Like if you could give the top three things that you think we should be using social media for right now. And I know you're still figuring it out, but um, yeah, any other thoughts on that? I wish we could use social media to teach people how to listen better. So people Hmm. didn't change like how they speak and we didn't have to get rid of like the anger that people have, you know? Because I do think like cancel culture is not great unless you're canceling corporations or businesses or <laughs> what is right. I think yeah. okay, but okay. like individual cancel culture not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if we could like somehow teach people how to listen better, that that would be great. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think just like. Sh- like fostering community even Mm. though it's such like a individualistic but like massive platform yeah um yeah that's good I like the fostering community one especially during quarantine um where a lot of people are alone and I guess as these movements pick up hopefully as they regain momentum um, we all need people to have those conversations with and a lot of us are living alone or you know we don't know anyone who can I guess 
make us uncomfortable or we're we're in these echo chambers where we're just hearing the same thing over and over again so yeah I hopefully like you said fostering community and also fostering a more diverse community that goes beyond just your own views on the world and your own ideologies um yeah yeah and then wrapping up how are you taking care of yourself during quarantine what is your I I kind of hate the phrase self-care now because it's just so commercialized (laughs) but yeah how are you taking care of yourself and your soul and your mind and your body during quarantine Mm. in Iowa Idaho Ohio (laughs) Ohio yeah Ohio um good question I've been going on walks which has been really nice (gasps) me too I go for um walks in the morning because it's much cooler Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to get 7,000 steps a day it's so good oh that sounds yeah yeah it's been it's been great there's this cute little park that's like under a bridge right by oh I love that yeah um and eating really good we've been making handmade pasta which has been nice oh my gosh (laughs) that takes time doesn't it it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's like a two-hour process, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Nice. What about yeah. besides walking? Um, I have not made handmade pasta, but I have been baking, and I really like cooking, so trying out different recipes, um, and then journaling. So I have this one-line-a-day journal where you write... For, it's for five years, so you can write for 2020 every day. You just write something about your day. And then I also have a gratitude journal, which that has really improved the quality of my life, I will say. And then Pate and Addy and I work out together on Zoom every Sunday. And it's so fun because we're all unfit <laughs> from just staying inside. Um but yeah, it's definitely more soul care than actually, you know, physical activity. So yeah, that's been really fun. But yeah, this is so great having you on the show. I am so excited. Um, and I can't wait to hear what people think about this episode. It was very insightful for me. I want to see if the social media landscape changes over time if we can bring you back into the studio or my closet (laughs) to talk about social media again but yeah thank you so much thank you it's been great I have a lot of introspection to do after this conversation so me too for real (laughs) okay thank you bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of and other things I Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dan as we talked about our opinions on how we think we should be using social media right now. I'm so excited for the future guest episodes to come, so stay tuned for more dialogue. Don't forget to subscribe and share the party with anyone you think may like it. As always, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and follow the show on Instagram at and other things potty. And other things is hosted, produced and written by me. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.